Duncan and both come correct. Hey there, all you scullies and molders. Uh, if the music up front did not uh, give it away, you are now in the uh, in the X zone. Duncan and Bo, come correct, is getting X-rated, and that doesn't mean dirty, y'all. It means X-Files. It's back. Six episodes, Duncan. Yeah. Six is, uh, sweet, sweet episodes. This is really exciting. We have, uh, our podcast has been around long enough that we have been able to follow the news, chart the news from when it was announced that we're coming back to that we're going to be doing six episodes to it was going to be coming January 2016 to us deciding that we would dedicate five episodes uh, to cover the, the the six episodes that are out in um, season 10 of uh, The X-Files. Yeah, this is quite exciting. Yeah, yeah. And not only... Um, is it just kind of awesome because the X-Files is back. But, uh, but like you said, we're going to do the, uh, kind of what we did with True Detective. We're going to, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about these episodes. Um, uh, and then at the end of the six episode run, we're going to give it a grade. We're going to tell people, here's, here's exactly what you ought to think of the X-Files. Don't worry about your own thoughts or opinions. We got this covered. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I'm slowly trying to build an army of, you know, supplicants. Um, <laughs> as, as forceful, but not preachy. I, that's the, uh, you know, I'm a benevolent, uh, but fair ruler. <laughs> and, so uh, <laughs> It's like an iron fist in one hand and an oven mitt in the other. Yeah, yeah, like I'll, I'll, I'll bake you a nice casserole, <laughs> but if you don't enjoy it, then... Iron Fist it is. Hippo smash! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, if I were the Hulk. Uh, <laughs> I'm so close, Duncan. I'm so close. I've been irradiating myself with gamma rays for weeks now. And I've been telling people for years not to, <laughs> for them not to get you angry. They wouldn't like you if you were angry. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere I go, soft piano music tinkles behind me. <laughs> um, it's I'm close. I'm getting there. Uh, but all right, all right. Enough, enough Hulk talk. I can talk about Marvel comic heroes all the time. Um, but let's let's start with uh, some bona fides. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about old school X Files for just a second here, Duncan. Um, give us your your thoughts on the original series in two hundred words or less. Oh, that's that is difficult, and <laughs> I've just used some, and I've used some more. Ah, yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> running out. Um, I remember when the X-Files started I remember it coming across to the UK I think we were delayed back then I think we were delayed about 6 months from its run in America and I remember the the huge hype that was behind that TV show starting in the UK and me my mother and my, my, my two brothers sat down and watched the first episode and I fell in love this was the show that was made for me um, I was a huge fan of science fiction growing up I was like pretty much addicted to to Star Trek as a, as a kid um, and I was really into things like Twin Peaks we spoke about that before so when X-Files came on that was to me it was something that was dealing with at first, it seemed like it was dealing with aliens, but I think the strength of the show was that it really just turned its, its hand to a kind of overarching thing of paranormal investigation, which could be anything. Um, and I, what I loved about it was the fact that you had the the kind of conspiracy theorist partnered up with the, the rational scientist. 
Um, and that was that was a joy for me. Is that the, I think the strongest thing that can ever be said about the X Files is interactions between Duchovny and Anderson as Mulder and Scully are just like like a powerhouse couple on the screen. Um, who both of them really grew into their characters. The show to me has a solid, I would say, a solid five seasons of you know like ninety percent of those episodes in each of those seasons are really strong with 10% being a kind kind of goofy one-off episodes whether it was a musical episode or a, a noir episode or a comic book ever you know these sort of things um after season five it kind of started to hit troubles um and then towards the end when Duchovny had pretty much washed his hands of the show um Chris Carter had left to do Millennium and he was coming back but he wasn't really all that interested and they put out a movie which was kind of fun and tied back in but it just felt like an overly long X-Files episode the rush to finish off that show was quite dramatic in the last couple of episodes in the ninth season and I always kind of felt a bit sorry for the show I always kind of felt like it needed and that's what I thought the second X-Files movie was going to be was something that was going to like really kind of kind of bring things in for a nice landing and that movie we spoke about on here before sucked um, so the fact that we're getting this now um, is one of the most exciting things I can think of in recent memory to happen to TV the only other thing that kind of parallels it is the next show we'll be doing for one of these things next year which will be Twin Peaks it's incredible you don't hear this shows don't disappear for as long as the X-Files does and then come back with the fanfare and like the nostalgic reverence that people have. People are dismissing a lot of bad things to do with the X Files coming into this. And to be honest with you, I think the fan in me has done pretty much the same moving into episode one. That was more than two hundred words, but I feel justified. Um, you will be graded harshly on uh, <laughs> your inability to follow instruction. But, uh, but yeah, I, mean, I think you and I are of, of similar minds. I, I went into X-Files more, more from the monster of the week angle. That was kind of my, uh, my, my entry into the show was mm-hmm. things like, you know, the, uh, the tapeworm dude and, uh, you know, vampires and, and, and werewolves and, and that kind of thing. Um, and the UFO stuff, uh, was less interesting initially to me. But I like a show that builds its own mythology. Mm-hmm. And uh, not to get too heady about things, but I believe that the central fault of, of the original X-Files run is that it kept building questions upon questions upon questions. And then when it came time to start answering them, they're just, the answers aren't as good as the questions. You yeah. know? Um, and, and I think that's true of most most literature, most movies, uh, that operate in, in this kind of realm of, of mystery is it's always better to not know than to know, uh, yeah. because that's where the drama lies. And I, so you're right. I think the later seasons are a little, a little shaky for sure. Um, one might call them just bad at times. <laughs> um, yeah. but all that being said, um, I really enjoyed the show. I've, I've been watching a bunch of it. If you listen to Duncan and Bo Come Correct, uh, our regular uh, series run, um, I've been talking about watching a lot of X-Files recently, uh, kind of getting excited about the, the new series. And, um, you know, 
like you said, yeah, they're, those, they, they ran like 23 to 25 episode seasons, and you're gonna get some stinkers in there. Some really clunky episodes are, are just gonna happen yeah. when you're generating that many episodes. I think what makes it amazing, really, is how many really good episodes there are. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think, but to, to, to be honest, I think there's, there's a couple of reasons behind that. One, the X-Files was very clever at taking ideas that we were already very familiar with in horror movies and kind of adapting them slightly and bringing them over. Like there is an episode that very much is the thing. Yeah, like when you watch it like this is a thing. Um, these sort of like, they kind of permeated through the show, so you kind of felt on some level like you knew what was happening, but at the same time, it's quite exciting to see it on the TV. You you know, this isn't a movie, this is a TV show. Um, and I, I would say the second thing is that it kind of filled, you're talking about the monster of the week sort of idea. I mean, if you look at the time period when The X-Files comes out, um, horror movies are being passed off as psychological thrillers at this point. And The X-Files really kind of carries the, the kind of, the, the mantle for this idea of creature feature and kind of psychological horror and all the rest into a televised mode, which runs over a long period of time, which almost bridges the gap in between the time periods when horror, quote-unquote, has really kind of lost its groove. And The X-Files takes it to the TV, and the the funny thing about it is The X-Files has returned in a time period where you could argue that the same thing is happening, that horror on the big screen has started to started to struggle a little bit. It's it's not it's not got the same impact as it did a couple of years ago. However, horror on the small screen is the biggest it's ever been. And the X Files has kind of returned it works two ways. It's kind of returned to a, a crowd that are now very welcoming of that sort of stuff on TV. Whereas when X-Files first came around, Twin Peaks had kind of set a kind of benchmark in 90s television that the X-Files really kind of played off of and just kind of continued beyond. Um, The other thing that maybe works against it is there are so many TV shows that offer blood, guts, weird things, creepy creatures and all the rest that it has to now battle to find... I mean, people are going to go over for nostalgia, but it has to battle to keep viewers or keep interest peaked as to why people would want to watch an X-Files over, say, for example, something like The Strain. So, I mean, it's, it's an interesting time. It's a ballsy move. And I think that's reflected in the fact we've only come back with six episodes for this season, as opposed to, you know, a 12 episode story arc or you know even up to like you were saying 22 to 25 episodes in a season you don't get many tv shows that do that now it's a completely different time period now um so i think that speaks in two ways that where the x-files started to lose it was when they like you say when they tried to build up the 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 conspiracy story about the aliens was always a really interesting part when they started including groups like the syndicate um into the black oil and all the rest things got really interesting but it was like when we started to get close to an answer with that, they would try and flip it on its head and introduce a new element. So was it aliens? Was it the government? Who was involved? Who wasn't involved? Um, and then when they kind of started answering those questions, it was like, we have spent, you know, seven years getting to this point. Is that it? Um, and like you see, all literature 
and movies and like any TV show that runs the length that the X Files does, they always inevitably end up with the same problem: is that people have been watching for years that they expect something which is not achievable on the small screen, and X Files is the prime candidate for that. Uh, and unfortunately, I mean, like you see, the fact that it lasted as long as it did is just. Incredible. The one that kind of stands out to me as being a TV show which has X-Files syndrome is Lost. Lost came across at a time period that got fans interested, theories, speculations all over the place, and then delivered its ending, which I liked. I liked the end of Lost. Um, but the backlash against that was quite bad. And I remember when X-Files finished, and I remember reading everywhere that people were just unsatisfied with the ending. You know, nine years spent... And that's and that's the answer. And it didn't really finish all that great, if we're being honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I was not uh, really a Lost fan, but you know, we'll talk about that later. Um, all right. So yeah. So we we've been away. The last movie was not good. <laughs> um, that's an understatement. <laughs> it was. I would say wrongheaded. In yeah. a lot of ways, uh, you know, we, we discussed it briefly, but the idea that instead of going with the mythology of the show, which was, you know, certainly I think what was most interesting, mm-hmm. uh, about, about the show ultimately, um, they just do, you know, kind of a one off, like, like a really crappy episode of the, of the series. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, that was a real bummer. But, but Duncan. Mm hmm. Um, now we have, uh, we, we have a new, a new lease on life, a new chance for the X-Files to redeem itself, to go out on its own terms. And so we begin with, uh, an episode entitled My Struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, uh, well, we'll give the, the, the brief IMDB synopsis. Uh, it's, it's, it's worth noting that hopefully they use the English name in Germany. Because my struggle was Mein Kampf. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, but that's fantastic. <laughs> it's a totally different expected episode in Germany. Yeah, yeah. Who was behind it all? It was Hitler? He's on the moon? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's Dark Sky. Is that what that was called? Iron Sky. That's what that Iron was. Sky, essentially. Is, that's what they were expecting. That's uh, what now I kind of want to watch Iron Sky again. That movie's real dumb. <laughs> Uh, in dumb and kind of a wonderful way, I think. As, uh, what, what, what we're basically saying is the only way you can improve X Files in 2016 is to have Udo Kier in it. I'm down with that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I would agree. Um, okay, so, uh, my struggle IMDb says of this pilot, uh, this 2016 pilot reintroduces the X Files and reunites Agent Mulder with Dana Scully after the collapse of their relationship when Mulder is engaged by a TV host. Mulder proclaims new evidence that alien abductions have been faked. Um, uh, pretty good synopsis. Uh, Joel McHale, uh, plays, uh, sort of a, um, Bill O'Reilly is the comparison they make a couple of yeah. times in the episode, but he's a, a web host, more of a Glenn Beck these days, I would, I would I say. Think, I think that's more accurate, yeah. And, um, he is uh, very right wing, very, you know, pro second amendment, but he also happens to be uh, a bit of a, cons- uh, a conspiracy theorist mm-hmm. and has, uh, has reached out to find Mulder, um, who is contacted by Dana Scully via, uh, now assist- assistant director of the FBI, Walter Skinner. 
Uh, still one of my favorite characters on the show. Oh, yeah, by far. Mitch Pelleggi's amazing. Yeah, he, he's great. Um, so Mulder gets drawn back into the, the web of conspiracies when uh, Joel McHale introduces him uh, to a young woman um, who uh, he says has been the subject of multiple ab- abductions. Uh, she has scoop scars on her belly. Um, says that she's been made pregnant several times and, and the babies are always taken away. And, uh, he wants Mulder to help him investigate and ultimately, uh, break the story on his, his web show. Um, and this is kind of a, a redefinition of the conspiracy as a whole. Yeah. And, and Duncan, why don't you explain, uh, but first, hold on, before we get into that. It, did, did it strike you that Jillian uh, uh, Anderson and David Duchovny have now completely traded faces? Have you noticed this? Because, you know, the, those high cheekbones he had for many a year, gravity yeah. has taken its toll, and he's starting to get a little jowly, and Jillian Anderson has has thinned up the face quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, there's two uh, things. Two things that come out of like this episode, like standing out straight away, is David Duchovny kind of looks like an aging rock star. You know, kind of kind of looks like he kind of has Alice Cooper syndrome going on. Um, and Gillian Anderson is hot as fuck. <laughs> like seriously, seriously hot as fuck. Um, but yeah, they have the totally like the the two of them. Or the two of them. One is aging well. The other is. Is 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 Asian? Yeah, it's like the other one drank from the wrong cup in the Last Crusade, you know. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but I think he it's goes early. <laughs> I think it's to his credit though that he didn't uh, vanity it up and get plastic oh, surgery or something like but, that would look way way worse than him just it, looking. Yeah, like he's it doesn't 50. like when you look. That was my big concern was he like when he was on Californication, it was clear that he'd been doing Botox. Um, and his face was looking a bit kind of lacking the the ability to move. Um, and I love the fact that he's come back and he's, you know, he's he's playing into it. his character should look haggard and should look aged. You know, what I mean, he, he shouldn't look fresh and young and all the rest after what he's been through. Um, and I quite like the fact that he does. He, you, you can count the lines on his face, and I like that. Yeah, I do too. All right, all right. So enough about the uh, the really terrible. Uh, aesthetic, uh, complaints I have about <laughs> David Duke. Vogue, the, the, the Vogue magazine, uh, the Vogue magazine review. What was she wearing? How was she looking? What was her hair like? Well, you know, I, you know what a fashion, uh, plate I am, Duncan, and, and those things <laughs> matter to me. Um, <laughs> but, cough, hot or not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? My movie pilot, uh, article is on its way. My <laughs> clickbait. Um, but yeah, so, so, but the conspiracy has, has totally changed. Joel McHale, as our talk show host, um, comes to, uh, to, uh, Agent Mulder mm-hmm. with, with this young girl and, and please take it from there. Yeah, so what, what, right, what, what I really like, um, in terms of the story is, oh, this episode kicks off, um, with the most brief recap of nine series, of the X-Files. But it glosses out over the shite. So there's no mention of Agent Daggett or whatever his name was. All that's kind of glossed over pretty quickly, which I quite like. Gives you the fundamentals and jumps into it, but with an eye at how... Because the conspiracy has changed. In the 90s, the conspiracy... You know, 80s, 90s, the conspiracy was aliens. 
you look at conspiracy theories now online, what are they? It's 9-11. That's, that's the big yeah. conspiracy theory now. That's that's where we're, we're at. And the X-Files is always great at kind of touching on these things, whether it was a JFK assassination or whatever. And so it's linked into that. So basically, um, Tad O'Malley's uh, position is that the, the government, which is helped in this episode by, by flashbacks to Roswell, um, the government basically when the 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 craft crashed got rid of the aliens um the, the aliens were actually here to in a theory protect us when we started detonating atomic weapons um it brought them to our planet we basically systematically wiped them out stole their technology there was some massive um intergovernment agreement uh, across the globe global government agreement where basically we Agreed as as leaders of countries to harness the technology, um, and then start. <laughs> I love this. This is just like pure X Files. Um, start testing it on our people as a way to gain more power, and then eventually, um, a select few, David Ike style, um, would ascend. Um, by this point, our, our people are so used to being subjugated through consumerism and being told what to do and the internet etc that when they eventually come to rule us as an overclass these this is a government by the way um there's not a fucking thing we can do about it but it's all been passed off under the guise of alien abduction yes which i mean they've upped to crazy but not in a way which once again seems unplausible. That there are people out. David Icke is a prime example. There are people currently walking around just now spouting this shit on TV and in books and on the internet. So I quite like the fact that they they couldn't. You could not, from a writing point of view, just pick up where you left off. No one's interested in that now. No one's really interested in UFOs. That that thing has started to wane a little bit. So I love the fact that what they've done is they've turned it to what what a lot of people have conspiracy theories about now, which is the government. And they've all, it's always been there against the government, but kind of bad just now. Um, and like I say, I love the fact that the link to nine eleven is the is kind of like a catalyst or a test against its people. Um, because once again, that's when a lot of conspiracy theories are drawn up. So uh, I really like that Fox Mulder gets kind of gets brought in first, very skeptical, but the more he gets to know uh, Tad and then Sveta, who is the the young girl who he had met previously, like a long time ago. Um, she makes a claim that she has alien DNA in her system. Uh, Scully goes away to test said DNA. And um, while she's at it, she tests her own DNA. Because for those that remember the original series, Scully was abducted by aliens. And that made up a huge chunk of one of the seasons where she was actually, she became, oh, she almost died um, through a reaction to having, I think it was the, the, the Homan chip taken out of her body or something. Um, so she also tests her, her DNA. Um, Dukovny actually at one point sees an alien um, kind of hybrid uh, American aircraft, which blows his mind. And he finds that the, that since the, the, the kind of the Roswell incident, they've all, you know, all this technology has been here for 70 years. He reaches out to a man who 
Is this the first time we're seeing this dude? He was at the original Roswell incident. He's a guy that was a doctor there. We see him in an episode. I think this is the first time we're meeting that character, though. I can't I, remember ever seeing him in any of the series. Yeah, unless it was, you know, a later, uh, a, a later episode or something that I just never, yeah, you know, never saw or don't recall or whatever. But yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Rance Howard, as a matter of fact, is who plays that, uh, yeah. plays that character. And he, he apparently approached Mulder a long time ago, um, and said to Mulder that he didn't want to die knowing everything he knew about Roswell, etc. Um, and, if Mulder could ever guess what it was, he would confirm it. Um, so Mulder comes to him with a huge overarching conspiracy that's the government that's doing it, all the rest. Um, meanwhile, you have Skinner in the background, kind of of the opinion that if ever there was a time to reopen the X-Files, now is the time to do it. Um, just when we think we have an answer... Um, Duchovny goes, <laughs> Mulder goes right off the deep end. Scully kind of denounces it as apparently Mulder has suffered depression in the past. It's what ruined their relationship. Um, and she thinks that the signs are all there. This is going to happen again. Um, and she tested the DNA and the DNA for both Sveta and herself had come back as clean. Um, Scully then demands a retest on it. She then finds out that there is some sort of alien DNA, not only in Sveta's blood, but in her blood as well. Um, Sveta goes public to say that she's been manipulated into saying these things, and then is subsequently killed by a rather cool flying ship. Um, and I kind of almost predator style try light dot on her, which then explodes her car. It was pretty cool. Um, and Tad O'Malley takes his station offline, uh, and then we are told uh, right at the very end, I love this, right at the very end, we're told from the lips of a badly charred, tracheotomied smoking man sitting in his chair that they have a new problem, they've reopened the X-Files. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. See when the opening credits ran and that original theme music played with the original credit score, I I I I, I was giddy like a schoolgirl. I was bouncing on my seat. I was oh, I, I, oh, I could feel the hairs in the back of my neck stand up. It was inc- it was that rush of of not only nostalgia but promise as of you know what what could be in these six episodes that that way where you know as an X-Files fan and not having that outlet for for the best part of a, a decade and a bit um not having that outlet to then be given it back and to just the no uh, the greatest thing you could do is not rework that credit sequence at all because that's the first thing people would focus on. Oh, well, they changed the credits. Oh, well, they changed the opening music. The fact it's all exactly the same. Fucking brilliant. Genius move, Chris Carter. I applaud you, sir. Um, yeah. And th- yeah. Th- there are, I-, I do have my issues with this, but we're probably going to get into that later on. It was not an immaculate episode by any stretch of the imagination. No. And uh, all right. So. In addition to the the discovery of the ARV, the what, alien retrofit vehicle or <laughs> retro, anyway, uh, basically you know backward uh, redesign or designing alien ships based on alien technology, but they're terrestrial in nature and all that. Um, 
Yeah, so, you know, the the conspiracy is now not, hey, aliens are coming to abduct you. It's that the government, using alien technology, is abducting people and experimenting on them and making hybrid alien babies and whatnots. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's an interesting way to go about it, that it's, you know, uh, because of things like 9-11 and the Patriot Act and all this stuff that gets name-checked in the episode about uh, the government's intrusion in people's lives that uh that the government is a much greater threat to us than you know something like an alien race um so i think that's an interesting shift because of the way you know the culture has shifted um so yeah i i think all that is cool i think it i mean it like you said the the best introduction to the show was having the old school x files uh uh, credit sequence mm-hmm. that was much like yourself. I I, I kind of did a little happy dance <laughs> when I was like, "Oh, they're not changing anything. This is great." Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, th- all that stuff was fantastic. Um, it definitely feels like an X Files episode. There there are people spouting crazy theories, and um, but let's get into some complaints. Yep, and because we got a whole other episode to talk about here. Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, f- for me, I don't think Joel McHale is great in this episode and I like Joel McHale. Yeah. I, I, I probably, I probably agree with that. I don't think his character was all it could have. He was a bit too, wasn't manic enough for me, for someone that was spouting off as much as he was, I was kind of expecting the fact that they make the Bill, Bill O'Reilly comparison to me, his character is nowhere near anything like that and I was kind of thinking maybe this character should either be more loud and crazy or I don't know, more manipulative or something, I, I just kind of felt it was a very superficial character without a lot of depth which um, once again, might not necessarily, yeah. I don't know. The X-Files was always played with that, though. Uh, it felt like a stereotype. Not a very good one. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with that. Um, I also think once we get to the conclusion of the, of the episode where he and Mulder are uh, kind of bouncing back and forth with, like, okay, here's the big revelation. Yeah. <laughs> um, that felt almost a little too sudden. I don't feel like we had mm-hmm. earned in the episode this information. Agreed. Um, and so I found myself as I was watching, I was like, what, uh, who's a, what's it now? Like, when, <laughs> when did, when did we get all this? Um, you know, and also there's the initial tease of, you know, uh, Scully has a child and they don't really talk about it too much. And, you know, there's a whole lot of setup that I don't know works completely, mm-hmm. which is why I'm kind of glad they did the second episode fast on the heels of this one. Yeah, I think you. I think you need that because it answers some of the questions right away in episode two. And I think you, you kind of, I, I can see it from two points of view. Right, the first point of view is that the TV show is appealing to a market of people that have went through potentially nine series of twenty-two to twenty-five episodes of the X Files. That if we jump in to an episode which has to tread over so much old grind. Especially, I think Fox not just finished a run of doing one episode of the show every night for the last 200 and odd 
days building up to this. It finished the night before it aired. They'd been airing every single episode of The X-Files. So if you've watched all the way through that as a viewer as well, and then you come to episode number one, and then we spend... It's only 45 minutes long. If we spend any more than 20 minutes of that episode... Go in fact, if we spend any more than 10 minutes of that episode going back over stuff that happened in the previous nine seasons, then that to me is instantly wasting time. But at the same time, you have a whole new crowd of people who are were, were too small to watch the X-Files the first time it was round, never watched it before, have heard of it, you know, are, are people that just regularly watch Fox that have never seen the X-Files before. So you kind of want to entice them in, and the balance is very, very fine for that. And I personally think that they rushed quite a lot of it. It felt to me from the moment that Mulder receives a telephone call and then all of a sudden he's in Washington and then they're out at a cabin meeting this girl and then he's out seeing an alien hybrid aircraft... All that happens within 20 minutes in this episode. And we're led to believe that Mulder has been a recluse for a while. And, you know, Scully's a doctor and she's kind of washed her hands from it. But all of a sudden, she's right back into it as well. By the 30-minute mark, we've already postulated this entire new theory about government involvement and all the rest. So it's 10 minutes they've really taken to, to lay a bit of groundwork for this and build it to that point. And then the last 10 minutes of this episode is basically classic X-Files. It's the just when you think they're close enough to the truth, the government starts coming in and cleaning the house. The cards are all shuffled um, and we're left at the end of the episode with a newfound resolve to try and find the truth but um, you know, still kind of in the same position that we're at the start except with a bit more knowledge. And that that is a huge journey to take in 45 minutes. It's a massive journey to take in 45 minutes. <clears throat> Part of me thinks they kind of have to do that in the first episode, though. Maybe not go into details about the kid and all the rest. That kind of felt rushed. But part of me feels like you need to get all that. We need to, at like, the end of the pilot episode, we knew who Mulder was, we knew, we knew who Scully was, we knew what Mulder believed in, we knew what Scully was kind of there for. Um, and it set up everything in a way that we knew what the X-Files were, were moving on from that. This episode's kind of doing the same, except we have the luxury of knowing where these characters have come from. That to try and rush through, to try and, like I say, the fine line, the balance to try and get this story right is, you know, it's so tight. And I think it started swaying into the, the, the info dump. There's sort of huge sections of info dump here with nothing we can correlate it to. Um, and hopefully we will throughout this, very similar to what they do with the kid, hopefully in the later episodes, although we only have a couple. Um, we're going to tie up some of the incidents that they were talking about to do with the government. So yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It was a muddled episode. That it, it was a kind of blip against it. That wasn't my biggest grip against it. Like I say, I, I was like that. It's the first episode. I can kind of forgive it. It's the X Files being back, and it's kind of trying to find its foothold. Um, and it did slip into a couple of lazy tropes. But I, I mean, what did you like? Like you, you're a writer, so. Like this is like you you approach things like I, I obviously watch it as a viewer, but you you approach these things as a writer. If you are taking on the writing reins of a show, I mean you're you're Chris Carter in this instance because he wrote the episode, um, and you've already 
you already know the mythology of nine seasons of 200 and odd episodes of these characters and then you have a break and technology's changed now the internet's now an integral tool of things and people are more informed and all the rest how do you approach this episode to lay out the new modus operandi of the X-Files and not try and put in too much information yeah uh, I mean that's it's a good question um Hmm. I don't have a really good answer because you yeah, I mean, it, it's an almost insurmountable task. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's at least you, you have to establish, okay, here's where the characters have been for the last, you know, 14 years, essentially. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, you have to establish, here's what their relationship is now. Here's where. We need to get it to by the end of the episode. We also have to do, um, you know, the job of actually telling a story. And I would say that this is probably where this episode breaks down um, a bit. Um, Like it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's almost too much to do, as you said, in 45 minutes. And I think that the episode feels overstuffed uh, because of that. And, but at the same time, what are you going to do? You know, mm-hmm. like you, there's only so much, unless you wanted to, to do a two part opening or a two hour premiere, which I think is really what they should have done. Yeah. I would so, agree with that. you know, so that you can kind of ease into, well, here's where our characters are. And then, you know, that's your first act. Your second act is, oh, here's this, this guy with all the new information. And then your third act, you know, which can be 20 or 30 minutes of its own is what the last 10 minutes are, you know, and, and give it all a little bit more room to breathe. Um, and I think that's the big problem. There, there are just too many misconnections in this episode of, you know, we're, we're really making a leap, uh, and introducing the, you know, sort of this new deep throat character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're reopening the X Files at the end of the uh, the episode. We're bringing back the cigarette smoking man, which I thought that was probably my favorite touch of the episode. Is that you know he now has the throat appliance uh, thanks to all his cigarette smoking. Yeah, because like the, the the last we saw, this was the thing that always confused me is how they were going to bring that character back. Because the last time he's in the very last episode. And he is in a cave. He's went off the grid. He's in a cave and he's dressed like some sort of homeless, like hippie with long hair and he's got the tracheotomy and a missile is launched at the cage and uh, at the cave and it appears to kill him. And he's now back. He's now back presumably in the syndicate if they still exist and he's in the room and he's got a servant and all the rest but his face is very badly scarred now um, and it's scarred from the fire damage of having a rocket fucking fire that you so I quite I quite like the attention to detail on that um, the danger is you know they just try and play it off in some silly way which would kind of annoy me um, the fact that they've at least carried it over you know if we're going to bring him back we need to bring him back for some reason and we need to be true to what has happened before, um, which I think they, they did. And yeah, that to me, him seeing the reopened X Files at the end of the episode to me is better than seeing Mulder and Scully walk into a room and Skinner tell them that the X Files has been reopened. There's more gravitas if he says it, so uh, I quite I quite like that aspect. Yeah, yeah, I I did as well. Um, yeah, so it you know. <sighs> 
I had a day in between, as, as did you, uh, of the first episode and the second episode. After the first episode, I was like, oh, I don't know about this. Uh, I, I, yeah, I was maybe slightly more optimistic. My, my complaints, like, uh, the more I thought about it, see, I was riding that, that, that X, X-Files kind of fanboy wave of, it's kind of like it is, is messy, but to me, the X-Files at times was very messy. So I was kind of like, right, you know, it's, it's not, it's not refined. It's not a polished product. It was never a polished product. Maybe they're pushing too much information but then again they only have six episodes so if Chris Carter's walking into this with only six episodes to do something maybe the first episode has to be top heavy in order for the the remaining five episodes to actually have room to breathe without having to address questions constantly all the way through it so I can kind of see this, this one almost is like Operation Human Shield you know it's the one that takes all the damage to the remaining five episodes have that ability to be as goofy and wacky and x files as they want. Um, my, my biggest gripe with the episode, um, and you've kind of touched on the, the first part of it, was that I just didn't find the, the Thad uh, O'Malley character, Joe McHale's character, really that interesting. And he should have been interesting. He just really wasn't. I was thinking about all these other characters we've had in previous seasons who were, you know, whistleblowers or people that wanted the truth or whatever. And they were, they felt better than Joe McHale. I, I like the idea that they tied it into the internet and all the rest. Cause like I say, these things have come along. Uh, Mitch Pelegi not used enough in this episode. He's used, he's, he's on screen time is less than a minute and a half. Um, <clears throat> which, when he's on screen, he's brilliant. Um, but I, I kind of felt like I, I felt quite sorry for his character in that towards the end of the X Files, he was a more integral character who had a lot more screen time, and he had basically taken nine nine seasons to get to that point. Um, and we're starting season ten or the new run season one, whatever you want to call it, and he has basically defaulted right back to how he was when his character was first introduced, which is a blip. You know, that you you've, he, he does, he becomes more more involved in the second episode, but I just felt like more Walter Skinner. I like Walter Skinner, he's a great character. More, more, more Skinner, please. Um, and the dynamic between Mulder and Scully for the first 10 minutes kind of felt a bit weird for me. I didn't think it was like, they were too chummy chummy for a couple that have like, when you later find out that they you know, were an item, then they weren't an item because Mulder was depressed and all the rest. They were a bit too, there was no indication from Scully at all that she even acknowledged on any level that he'd had any mental health problems until a character later on I think it's uh, the Sveta character uses her mind-reading powers to say that. And then after that, noticeably, I think that Gillian Anderson's... The way she deals with Mulder in certain scenes has changed quite a bit. Um, and I felt like saying that probably should have been like that from the start. But I know, once again, why they don't want to do that, because people want to see Mulder and Scully get on. So, it's like yeah, well, the way I would summarise this episode is, is the human shield. It's the one that's probably going to have... Well, it's a bold statement. It's probably going to be one that feels the most rushed, the most inconsistent, and maybe not the best out of what we're going to get. But I believe they had to do that in order for the the rest of the series to to flourish. 
And hopefully it does, because I know we're about to talk about the second episode. I dug the second episode a whole hell of a lot, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's jump into that. So episode the the second uh, <coughs> is... Uh, let me... Founder's my... Mutation. Okay. So Founder's Mutation is our second episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, very briefly, the IMDb description is a scientist working for the DOD commits suicide. Mulder and Scully start an investigation only to discover a secret mutation experiment. Um, yeah. So this is the episode that made me feel like, okay, we're X Files is back for realsies. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is, uh, it starts off with a typical X Files opening. Mm-hmm. Which is here's here's our setup. Here's a guy just going bananas in a boardroom, <laughs> and a bunch of birds outside. And one thing I, I didn't say about the first episode, I I, I want to bring up here, is that the one big upgrade that this show has is the effects. Oh yeah, like I I got giddy when I started seeing so many like videos of you know like flying saucers and. You know, just visually, like the the actual effect. Like, see, when we come to this episode, see the fact that we're we're in a different age now. Bo, like, uh, blood on screen is common, and people hurting themselves in horrible ways is common. Um, that you know, th- this episode like is probably the bloodiest episode of the X Files ever. And it wasn't that bloody. (laughs) So, yeah, Yeah, I think the the effects budget's much better, and it's used a lot better, I think, now. In the past, you could tell if it was a rubber suit, like, obviously, from a distance. Yeah, so I think that the, like, the UFOs look look better. Um, And then seeing things like, okay, here are all these birds that are suddenly drawn to this courtyard outside the window of where, you know, our, uh, our... eventual victim is sitting. Mm-hmm. And so he starts to hear this crazy noise and then he runs out of the room and then drives a, uh, a letter opener <laughs> into his ear, uh, killing himself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we now have the X-Files opened up. Uh, so in come Mulder and Scully to investigate the crime scene and, uh, during the course of the investigation, they find a message that he has written on his hand that says, uh, that, that's the one that says Founder's Mutation, right? That's right, yeah. A- and uh, also, um, Mulder uses the dead man's thumb to open his phone, uh, which, which I thought, I thought was... was <laughs> oh, it was fucking brilliant. It's yeah. like Operation Distraction, Scully starts talking, so he's like right down there, use the thumb to open the phone. Once again, attention to, like, that's what I love about the show is attention to detail, like stuff like that. Of course, like we now have phones that have fingerprint, you know, activation from there. I love that they just do that now. You know what I mean? That's, it's not a, it's not like, it's just a throwaway thing. You know, the camera kind of pans down, we kind of see them doing it just as if they've always done it. And I'll, that's, you know, it's attention to detail like that, that I think makes the show endearing. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really like that moment a whole lot. Um, so, yeah. So, all right. So we go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, we now have Mulder on, uh, on uh, looking for the, uh, this very 
reclusive owner of uh, the, the company and, and the guy who uh, is experimenting, it turns out, with um, genetic manipulation of, of children to one degree or another. And, and the, the whole episode, uh, or the episode prior to this, involved, uh, or, or at least mentioned, like Scully working with deformed children as well. And so now we start to get into... Um, the government is essentially doing the same thing at the hospital, uh, that, that Dana Scully had worked with Mm -hmm. at a certain point, which leads them to, um, you know, the, uh, uh, the inevitable villain of the piece who, uh, all right. So (laughs) this, like I said, it feels like an X-Files episode because we're following the investigation. We're pulling at the threads. You know, that leads us to this guy, but oh, it turns out that, uh, the founder, uh, as they call him, the, the, um, the guy who's doing all the, the dark business, um, that he has a wife that, you know, is in the loony bin, mm-hmm. um, not to get technical, <laughs> the giggle factory, if you will. <laughs> and she tells a story about, like, oh, um, there was a child that she had that was always a little bit weird and it turns out she could breathe underwater, which ain't right. Um, kids aren't supposed to do that. I know I've thrown many a child, uh, Frankenstein like into a pond. Um, and, and they don't, they don't appreciate it, nor do they breathe underwater. It turns out. Um, so she's pregnant with another child that she is uh like desperate to get rid of and and ends up having a car accident that may or may not have been staged probably was and uh and the child was removed from her um so uh yeah so it's a good old fashioned x-files hey we're we're putting potentially alien dna into babies just mm-hmm. to see what happens you know yep. let's see how this goes and you get some mutations uh, that you see uh, when we first go to the uh, the facility where the founder is working, which is probably my favorite moment in the episode where it's just like, oh, here's a parade of freaks. <laughs> yeah, once again, special effects really well done in this. Yeah. Oh, that poor kid with the, the crazy big face trying to yeah. shovel food into his mouth. Yeah. Oh, that was that was kind of heartbreaking. So. Um, yeah, and during the course of this investigation, we're also getting flashbacks of uh, Mulder and Scully and their child, mm-hmm. uh, who is, uh, you know, I, I guess missing at this point, or they gave him up. I mean, the I think the, the show was a little unclear about that. Yeah, um, like in both, in both versions that the... Right, there's a couple of things, right? We they, they both continue to talk about their kid that they briefly talk about in in the first episode. Um, when they speak about him, we get two flashbacks of you know memories, like from Gillian Anderson's memory is taken the kid to school, and then things start to take a sinister turn. You know, he gets hurt, and then when she goes into his room, he's already starting to become an alien. Um, and the Covney's version of things, um, I love the fact that you've got a uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. 
Uh, that one like that, yes, that is the reference that we want talking about the monolith. That's fucking great. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to you know, them sending a rocket into space and him saying this thing that one day, you know, I want to go up there. And then his kind of fear, like her fear is manifested that, you know, the, the alien DNA, quote unquote, that she's got is going to turn her child into an alien. His one is that he's going to be abducted like his sister. So that's what he sees. And at the end of it, we still don't know what happened to the kid. So, but what was, what I thought was really well done about this is both scenarios. I'm like, I, I don't know if it's because I've got a kid now, but, but stuff like that kind of, you know, it, it, it it kind of gets to me, and you know the fact that in both sequences, it's like the like as a parent, you end up having the most irrational kind of fears of what might happen to your kid. Like, it's like your your child. In my case, my child could be like a good five meters away from a table, but in my head, you know, she's going to trip and hit that table, even though that's not going to happen. So you, you know what I mean? Like you start to you start to like irrationally project things over, and um, the fact that like we see it from both these point of views, and I thought both the scenes were acted great. You know, with the, towards our kid, that you you get that feeling of the characters actually being distraught, trying to help their child, and and not being able to. I thought that was a really nice touch, but. Once again, it kind of. I'm assuming this is going to be one of the big arcs for these six episodes as I'm assuming by the end of this we'll know what has happened to the kid I hope oh yeah if they don't that's gonna that's gonna piss me off you gotta think they're going to right they they have they have to they have to we have to find out what what's happened there so um more more Skinner in this one Skinner was great in this one yeah love yeah, yeah Skinner love Skinner like like kind of chastising them at one second until the guy from the DOD leaves and he's like that. Well, you know, things are a bit slow around here now. Paperwork takes, you know, a good couple of days to, to, to fill her through and all the rest. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, go and do what you need to do. Um, I like that. That's that's That to me is old-fashioned Skinner coming back out into this. And, you know, I, I, we didn't get much of that in the previous episode. We're getting more of that now. So... I, I, I like that aspect. The underwater scene that you were talking about, freaky as fuck. Like, see when that kid turns around and she's smiling. <laughs> like, that, to me, was pretty terrifying. Yeah, no, that's a child you need to burn with fire at a certain point. <laughs> and I thought um, the woman that played uh, Jackie, the, the mother, I thought her, her crazy in the crazy bin, really good as well. But once again, small attentions to detail. Crazy woman throwing an apple at a cat. I can imagine a crazy person doing that. Um, and you know, the 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 aspect that I didn't necessarily think in this episode that was handled all that great was, and it's to be honest, this is cl- I'm complaining about something that, that the X Files does. You're saying that this one feels like an X. It is an X Files episode. So as soon as we know the janitor kid, like from the first time he walks past them. Right at the start, I'm like, there's something up with that kid. And then we see him later on, I'm like, there's something up with that kid. Um, so there was no shock when they're like, and it's a janitor who was above the room. And I'm like, <laughs> right. I, I, I know that. Everyone knows that. Can we go and pick up the janitor kid, please? Um, so I, I thought I was going to... We had a guy bleeding from his ears and from his eyes, which I'm assuming exploded. That's fucking cool. 
Yeah, that's some that's some scanners ass X Files action there. Yeah, and I am totally down with it. One hundred percent down with that. I love the the fact that it does when they hear the noise, it is like something from Scanners. I love this. This uh, like this list made me so so happy. Um, it's the X Files always had humor, and I think the best thing about it is they know when to deploy their humor. So there's one particular point where Mulder thinks that. Um, there's there's something on this guy's phone that he's managed to unlock, and it's like the the word Gupta or something. And Scully's yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah, Scully's like, um, it's you know, it's an Indian word. It means secret. And Mulder says, you know, like, but how do you know that? And she's like, I'm old school Mulder, pre Google. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> just like, like just perfectly placed. And once again, acknowledging that we're in a different time frame now. The, the internet exists, all the rest. Scully's super smart. That's all you need to... You, know, you don't question Scully how she knows that. Scully's super smart. She's a scientist. That's how she knows it. You don't need to question. Yeah. I like that, though. thought that was really well done. How did, like... How did the, were you satisfied with the rest of this episode? Like, well, once we knew who the kid was and the fact that it does play out very similar to, like, easily, easily, like, 50, 60 other ep- episodes of the X-Files, did, did that make you feel more comfortable compared to the previous episode? Yeah, I mean, I guess the big complaint that you could weigh against this episode is that it doesn't feel very different from say, you know, season two or three Mm -hmm. of, uh, of the X files. And in my mind, I'm like, you're right. This doesn't feel any different than, you know, seasons two or three. It's (laughs) awesome. Um, yeah, I, I really like this episode overall. Um, I, I thought the delivery maybe, maybe it's the line itself, but I don't like the delivery of his line about, you know, Edward Snowden, um, yeah, I've, I've, I thought that kind of landed with a thud. Um, I do like Skinner a whole lot in this episode, like you said. But to to answer your direct question, yeah, I do like the end of this episode quite a bit. Um, I, I think it feels uh, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the um, the episode from uh, this may even be season one, but it was with the the girls who were all clones of one another. Yes. Uh, and their fathers yeah, yeah. all died on the same day at the same time and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so it, it kind of reminded me of that it's not, you know, a carbon copy or anything, but it had that kind of vibe to it. And I am less interested in the X-Files when it gets kind of up its own ass about the conspiracy story. Like I like those episodes and, and, and it feels like we need more of that, but based on even the, uh, the, the teaser for the next episode, it, it's more like, oh, you're just going to get some new X-Files episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and not necessarily anything that's going to blow your mind in terms of we're totally changing everything about the X-Files. Um, it is a complete update. Um, yeah, I, and, you know, uh, based on the teaser for even next week, it feels like what the this series is giving us is just like, hey, we're not totally redefining the X-Files, even though we're reframing the conspiracy that, you know, is behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're just getting more episodes of the X-Files. And I like that. 
there are some things I wish they would update more. Like you mentioned the, uh, you know, uh, Scully's mention of Google. I wish that Mulder were a little more paranoid about the internet. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of hoping that they touch on that. I'm, I'm kind of, ho- I'm kind of hoping that there's something that cut the, you know, w- without them giving us a tech episode and giving us Hollywood logic for, for computers, which is painful, um, cause they have done a couple of computer episodes in the past and those ones were not very good. You know, one yeah. which was kind of like Ghost in the Shell and it was, it was, it was like Ghost in the Shell meets the Shocker, um, and, and it was not a very good episode. Um, I kind of hoping that they will eventually address that or have them in the position where one of them actually uses, like, Scully used a computer to check Dad uh, O'Malley's show or whatever it was, Dad Malley or Mealy or whatever his name was. She used a computer to check out that show on the equivalent of YouTube, whatever it was. I don't think it was YouTube. Um, which once again, that to me, I'm like, I just pay the money and get the sponsorship from the product placement for YouTube. That's what you do, right? I, I can't remember what it was called, um, but it was like, it was YouTube, but it wasn't YouTube. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I, I want to see them using computers. Like, computers were huge when they made that show. You know, like, big, massive, bulky things which had green text um, on a black screen with a flashing icon. You had to type something to get something back. At, all the rest. We're now in a position where a lot of these things can be found at a click of a button. I, you, we need to see that. We need to see smartphones being used. I think a lot more other than we'll just, you know, use the guy's finger. You know, those those questions are, I like the idea of them saying, you know, pre-Google, etc. But we have to acknowledge that that does exist. Um, and as a tool and a resource, which someone in their position would use. So they kind of need to address that. I don't think they need to address it in an elaborate way. Small references to things, like, a, like we said before, like with a mobile phone and the finger and all the rest. That those are cool. We need to see our characters doing more of that without it being, well, look at us now. We're using a computer, you know, that sort of thing. We don't, we don't need it to that level, but yeah, but it has to be, a, a, not addressed, but it has to be acknowledged. Yeah, there's been enough talk of, you know, surveillance state and, and that sort of thing that it feels like Mulder in particular should be more hyper aware of that. Yeah. Um, and, and it doesn't really feel like that. Like the references to the Patriot Act and Snowden and that kind of thing. So, so far at least has felt more like lip service than actual, you know, effect on his character. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of felt like, like, especially in those scenes, I kind of felt like, but it's like, maybe I'm looking too much in it. Like maybe I've watched too many, well, sorry, maybe not looking enough into it. Maybe I've seen too many videos of people like Jesse the Body Ventura ranting at things and pulling at any thread at all which is you know linking things that aren't you know linking things like sandy hook and 911 you know false flag operations and you know all this all this shit that to me when he's spouting off all that stuff that to me feels more train of thought than you know actually physically joining dots up you know he just starts he just starts rambling and that's why scully doesn't take him serious if you know what i mean yeah, well, Duncan, you just need to look at the documents here. <laughs> they put, they put, they put an accelerator in the paint in the buildings. God damn it! Um, <laughs> it's like, it, it, it gets to that, you know. It gets to the, the, it gets to the point where 
like to me that's it sounded like he was just like running the train on all these ideas and pulling in from every single source and maybe like you're saying paying lip service to them because he's because he's nuts you know like his theory's out there and it's wacky and he's not you don't he's only had like half a day to come up with this theory that he's maybe not paced it all out right and I know what you're saying for, like I don't live with the Patriot Act and I don't live with with a lot of these things that are mentioned there because they, they're not things that are in, are in my country um, that from, from you should maybe, try it it's terrifying yeah, well, they're trying to do it over here, and it's yeah, they're getting a bit of resistance on it. Um, it's to, to me, I I don't know. Like, I, it seems to me that it's obvious things that you would start referencing because that's what's in the vernacular of a conspiracy theorist. So it's not out the realms of doing it. Maybe they could handle that better, or or maybe it is just an idea of this is to highlight. Because like, when Mulder starts doing that, that's 100% the Mulder that I remember. The guy who would, like, he, he would get one bit of information on something and somehow he'd postulate this huge theory beyond that, which changed, by the way. What, the thing I used to love about the show is, like, almost every season, the, 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 the kind of the mantra had changed behind, uh, behind Mulder. And, like, one minute it was aliens, then it was aliens in league with the government, then it was the government. I mean, there was a, he's talking about the government, this biggest conspiracy. There was a whole season of the X-Files where Mulder I think had left the FBI or something and was pretty much banging the drum for he didn't believe in aliens anymore. He thought it was the government. So this is not a new position for him. So, cause he's done that before. So like, to me, I don't know what I'm trying to say. To, to me, it didn't bother me as much, but it depends how you, I think it depends how you look into it. If you look into it of, you know, I'd, I'm quite skeptical that he would just mention these things off the cuff. And it just feels like they're using it as a a way to try and quickly throw throw lots of things and information into it. Then yes, I think that's maybe poorly done. If you look at it, like I say, from my point of view, of he's just reaching for answers and pulling everything in to set up a big conspiracy, like a lot of conspiracy theorists do. Like they'll shout out things, and when you question them, they're on shaky ground. Um, to me, that seemed fine. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I, like I say, I felt that episode was so full of information. Anyway, it felt like it, it, it felt like a conspiracy theory brain dump um, of information. And when we go into the second episode, I kind of feel like because we've got so much of that outer system, the second episode can have the opportunity. To feel like that X Files X Files episode, which follows that, so you see, it's like almost verbatim your classic X Files episode, where we start off with a character, something bad happens, or it does something that's weird. Modern scholar come in to investigate it. They find out there's something that's caused that person to do that. When they do a bit more investigation, they find that something else happens. Just when they think they've got like the evidence, the proof of it, something happens that removes it. They write a report. Next episode. So, you know, to me, like when we jumped into to Founders Mutation, I felt a lot more relaxed. But when the episode finished, I was like, right, I can't, right, we're not reinventing the wheel here, which is, which is good, but we have updated some things. And then I saw the, 
trailer for the next episode and I was about bouncing on my seat when they were talking about a giant lizard man with human teeth. I was like, this is, yes, this is fucking, this is what I want, X-Files. You're giving yeah. me what I want. Um, I'm, I'm kind of concerned about the six episodes. That's my biggest concern now is we're now moving off to do lizard men in the next episode. When are we going to come back to the government conspiracy? Is that going to be episode four? And at that stage, there's only three episodes left. And we, now I have questions. Is the smoking man, how's the smoking man going to be involved? And all these sort of things. And from the advanced reviews, which are giving away nothing, which is good, because certain outlets have seen all the episodes, the one thing that keeps coming back is somewhere in the remaining episodes, there is, quote unquote, the best episode of the X-Files that's ever been made. So, Oh, okay. We still see that. We still see that. It's not the first two episodes. Somewhere down it is what they're saying is the best episode of the X Files that has ever been made. So let's hope it involves lizard men. Um, that, that come on, you like you're you're just saying uh, monster of the week. See when they see when you saw that flash that next episode, were you not just like were you not just like fist pumping there? Like yeah, saying, yeah, I, at that point, jambo. Yeah, I mean, at that point, I was like, I don't care if you even get back to the mythology. If you keep giving me this stuff, yeah, then I'm going to be happy. And and I think maybe you've made the best point of the evening, which is um, <laughs> that I'm right. No, uh, that <laughs> that the X file or this incarnation of the X Files isn't trying to reinvent the wheel. It's just more. It's more of the same, for better <laughs> or worse. And I don't think anything has changed so significantly that it's unrecognizable from the initial run of the show. Yeah. Um, I think the second episode is a real solid episode of the X-Files. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the first one is a little shaky. I think, you know, it, it's a show that's establishing a whole bunch of stuff real fast and, uh, it, it gets in the way of itself sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did like this second episode a whole uh, episode a whole bunch. Um, it, it it feels very much like the show I remember. Yeah. I, I think maybe I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing uh, because it's only six episodes. You know, I don't know if there's any any sort of plan to use this as some sort of backdoor to bring the show back. I would think you know Jillian Anderson, David Duchovny, both might be a little too busy for something like that. Well, yeah, because like. Th- I think that there was conflicting stories coming out um, before the show launched where I think Gillian Anderson seemed more keen and Duchovny was not cold on it, but was very non-committal on it. He's obviously got, he's got his show, what's it called? The one where he's uh, the, the Manson thing. Yeah, I don't, uh, Aquarius. I don't know. Aquarius. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, so he's got Aquarius, which is coming back for a season two. In all likelihood, that's going to get cancelled after season two because it just got a reprieve for a season two and no more. And that I think the writing's on the wall for that show. Gillian Anderson is currently filming season three of The Fall, which I've said before, I can't stress enough, if you have not seen the, B- the BBC show The Fall, then stop what you're doing and check that show out. That show is fucking amazing. Um, and she plays, once again, funnily enough, she plays a police officer. Um, but she, she works for the, she's English in it and she works for the, the Met and she's kind of seconded over to Northern Ireland 
to look at a case file which tracks her down to a serial killer who is so fucking creepy and it's already done two seasons and its final season is filming just now and it's it's she's phenomenal in it the show's incredible um obviously she's not back doing hannibal because that's kind of shut your mouth duncan she's going to be doing more hannibal i think well if if anyone has seen how hannibal finished the the very end of season three i I don't know how much of jillian anderson we're actually going to see like yeah, the last time we saw her, she was she was being eaten. Um, spoiler alert, sorry. Uh, so, um, yeah, so that's kind of freed up. I don't know. I, I, I've i heard mixed things. Chris Carter's now said that he's apparently got a script for a third X-Files movie. That is one greenlit. And it's worth noting that this show, mm. like season, the, the episode one did incredibly well. It bypassed 13 million in terms of views on Fox. Um, now there's two schools thinking about that apparently it was shown right after a football game so the plan was that a lot of those people would just carry into the X-Files Ironically Duncan I watched the football game so I wouldn't miss any of the (laughs) X-Files Well there you go Um, and uh, it'll be more interesting to see what the figures are like from the Monday episode how many views it got Um, I reckon it's going to do well I reckon Fox will be keen to do more X-Files because they, they, they can make a lot of money off that. Um, and it looks like there is a genuine interest for it. There is a nostalgic sweep um, across the social networks. I think their their marketing campaign on things like Facebook has been fucking brilliant. Um, they, they seem to really have this this great idea of putting the X on things and, you know, like quite, quite clever viral uh, hashtags and all the rest, which... I think our shows need to do that now. So they're certainly, they're giving it the exposure that it needs. And I'd, to me, I'd happily watch another season, even just off the basis of these two. My appetite is wet there. There's not a show that does, there's tons of shows that have come out that have tried to copy the X-Files formula, but put it in a different environment. Whether it's fully supernatural, like a show like Supernatural, um, you know, or it, it moves into the more, it moves into something like even like True Detective, where you have two police officers who are unlikely partners that are wedged together, and then they get involved in some sort of conspiracy. So you know that uh, that formula is, is is there, but there's not a show that does it like the X Files, and there's shows that have tried to capture the alien thing and all the rest, and never really done it. To me, there's a market there for it with two characters who are instantly likeable. Um, that can be your driving force. And the fact that you always have that thing in the background, will they, won't they, sort of thing as well, I think adds that, it adds it to a wider market. Um, I would, I would love to hear, the, the best news I could hear would be that after the third episode, um, viewer ratings are so high that F- Fox reach out and say we want another, even if it is just another six episodes next year of the X-Files and both of them to me six episodes seems like something both actor and actress can commit to I think if they start going out with that, that's when they're never going to lock themselves in for a 20 episode run of shows, it's just not going to happen um, so yeah I, I, I kind of want more I really want more, they've teased more I like what I see. I've like I like what I've seen already. It's not perfect. Um, I don't 
the X-Files is ever going to be a show that is perfect. I think what they need to do is play to their strengths, which is what Episode 2 and what looks like Episode 3 are playing into. Um, I love the, the idea of they're going to give us a crazy monster creature thing. It's so easy for them not to do that, you know, and because audiences have changed and they're just going to stick with the the kind of alien tech thing. I could see them doing that, but the fact that they're saying, you know, we're going to give you a creature feature, I love that because that's playing to us, you know, it's playing to the old school crowd because um, that's what we watched. So yeah, there's 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 a lot to be optimistic about, I think, um, and. I never realised how much I'd missed the show. It's funny, I was watching like the second episode with my wife tonight, and um, when it finished, my wife turned around and said, kind of want to go back through and watch all the X-Files again. And it reminded her that it was only a year and a half ago that she said the same thing. We sat down and she bailed, I think it was by the first episode of season three, and then I continued on, and then I bailed about the first episode of season six. So it's, it's all right in saying that, but it is like 200-odd episodes, which is a sizable yeah. amount of thing. Yeah, yeah, So um, Yeah, I, I, I've been kind of picking and choosing my, my episodes that I've gone back to, to watch, uh, which I think is the way to do it. You know, cherry-pick the episodes that you remember loving. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think if they did six episodes, like uh, sort of the, you know, European season, mm-hmm. um, of doing six, seven episodes every year or two, yeah. um, I think that's just enough time for me to really want to see more X-Files. Um, I, Spawn. I did like the, the reference I was going to say as well, like, um, there's a specific reference to the syndicate in the second episode. When it comes to um, alien babies and alien DNA and stuff, and, and Mulder says, you know, in 1990, whatever it was, uh, the syndicate were uncovered to be involved in a, a program of experiment, which is the episode, there is an episode, we've seen that episode that exists. The fact that they make reference to that in there, once again, makes me happy. We're not just brushing things under the carpet. We are actually making reference to those who have never seen it before. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a f- f- pass away comment, which means nothing to those that have seen the episodes. Though it's a wink and a nod that yeah, we're, we we are aware of our our past. We're in, aware of the universe that we inhabit um, within this show, and we need to make references to it that you'll get. And I, I liked I like that. I'd, I'd plenty of that for me is great. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I think uh, yeah, I'm excited to have it back. Um, I think in summation, we can say uh, the first episode, it was nice to see the familiar faces again. Um, felt a little hurried, a little a little jam-packed, maybe too much so. Mm-hmm. Second episode, we're settling down. We're, we're getting rid of the jimmy legs. We're not <laughs> as, uh, as, as eager to cram every little X-Files thing into an episode that we can mm-hmm. and just tell a good old-fashioned X-Files story. Um, and then it looks like next week is going to be more of the same. And, uh, any final thoughts, Duncan, before we, we close the books on episodes one and two? Uh, just that I personally think that this show is kind of needed. I, I kind of, uh, once again, didn't 
it wasn't of all the shows that were, are out there that have been cancelled or finished or all the rest if you'd asked me what one I wanted to see more X-Files or Millennium I probably would have put up a bigger argument for Millennium over X-Files because that's the show that really did get shit on um, and the one that didn't finish right but because that last X-Files movie really left a sour taste in my mouth <laughs> yeah it um, did really 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 bad um, but the the hype behind this that I've put on it, Bone, I know that you've put on it, and all the excitement to sit down and see that original X-Files opening kick in and then to get our characters and then to go on this crazy batshit journey once again into the realms of paranormal mystery and conspiracy... That's, that's what I loved about it first time round. That's what I love about it now. Um, yeah, I am, I am overjoyed to see this show back. It, there is room for improvement, sure. I, I, I don't, I, I would never argue that the, the, the first two episodes were the greatest examples of the X-Files. But, like you say, it's finding its feet. It's, it's making me happy. It's given me two of my favourite characters, um, in TV history back on the screen together. I mean, what's not, what is not to love about about seeing Mulder and Scully back on the screen? Hopefully, people will continue checking it out, and hopefully, we're kind of postulating there. Um, we get another season after this. I, w- I would like to be in that position as well, where every couple of years, X Files comes back for a, a limited run of episodes. I think there's plenty, plenty of scope and plenty of conspiracy out there that I show that could cover. So, yeah, um, what about yourself? Final thoughts? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm in the same boat. Uh the first episode left me a little uh a little leery. Um and then the second episode made me very very happy. Um so I'm I'm looking forward to the next four. I'm looking forward to discussing the remaining four episodes uh with you Duncan mm-hmm. and uh sharing it with our listeners as we we try to figure out just what in the hell is going to happen. Uh, you know, spoilers. I think, uh, there's gonna be some more stuff about the kid. Um, <laughs> so. I think, I think, and this is a, a, a throwback to Duncan and Bo Country Detective. I think more people. Oh, if there were, you know what? Like, a, that's not a crazy, that, that is not an <laughs> out of left show, field this prediction. Is show, yeah. This is a show that I should have said that on and not True Detective season two. Yeah, mole people, totally possible. Um, strangely enough, uh, I, I think that the, there is an outside chance that, uh, uh, what's his name? Taylor Kitsch sh- shows up in this just to ruin an episode for me. <laughs> Poor Taylor Kitsch. Uh, you know, he's, he's the Channing Tatum we don't like. We've He's the discussed. Channing Tatum that we don't like. Get a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Um, all right. Well, uh, we will be back in about a week mm-hmm. to discuss the, uh, the next episode, uh, which is entitled Mulder and Scully meet the Wear monster. And oh. how, yeah, how to, <laughs> yes! uh, I, I'll just leave it there. It's it, I, I, my squeal of joy would not be, uh, equal to yours, but, oh, but that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I've got a t-shirt with that on it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be fantastic. So, uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Duncan, for, uh, for settling in and, and talking about the X-Files once more. It's just, it's nice that I can say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we will, uh, we will talk to you in a week. Say goodnight. Good night.
Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> 